Right then, Barney, let's crack on with this marathon task of running through every team in the Premier League. We've already done the big three. So if you haven't listened to that yet, make sure you go back uh, and listen to our discussion of Benfica, Porto and Sporting ahead of the new season. We're going to start looking further down the table. We're going to look at all the teams that we've got left. uh, And we're going to start with Braga, who finished the season in fourth place. Now, Braga have had an interesting, interesting summer. It's been pretty quiet in terms of the transfer market, obviously, aside from... I would say one big incoming and one big outgoing. That incoming was Simon Banza from Lons, the player who scored all those goals for Family Cow last season. He signed for 5 million euros. Uh, and David Carmo, as we mentioned before, went out the door for 20 million euros to Porto. So I mentioned to see what you make of their transfer window so far, Barney. Um, they also lost, say, Carlos to Ibiza. Uh, Shkatin went to Grasshoppers on loan. So not too many headline-grabbing transfers so far this summer. I think they're in an interesting situation, actually. I think, obviously, Carlos Carvajal, the manager, leaving as well. It was a bit of a shame for me, but I think we, we sort of knew that was coming. What his departure sort of highlights to me, Albert, you know, I, I remember there's a statistic at the end of the season. I think 40 different players had played for Braga last season because of all these youth players that Carlos Carvajal had brought through. And now Arthur George has at his disposal. And I think... You mentioned Simon Banza, that's a great bit of signing. I think they've also signed Victor Gomez, sorry, on loan from a Spaniel, sort of a right place, right back to sort of, I, I guess, take the um, place that Kuto left, uh, have him going back to Man City. And um, Siku Niakte, um, a centre-back on loan from Rennes as well. So it's not overly exciting, is it, really, on paper? But I think, like I was saying, the, the youth players who are there and had, were given opportunities last season, I mean, I think... Um, Rodrigo Gomez, for example, he's 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 taken a number seven shirt this season. I think that sort of shows Braga's intent. You know, they're they've got exciting players there, and it's just but down to Arthur George to get them playing together and playing well. Yeah, I think that's very clearly going to be Braga's strategy this season, isn't it? We saw Carlos Carvalho starting that work last season, bringing through those youth players. You know, I don't think it's any coincidence that the man they chose to replace him was the man who was managing Braga's under twenty three side. You know, he's used to working with those players, so I think that provide some continuity in that sense. And I think that explains the lack of income is because we know that this is going to be their transfer model from now on. It's selling on those youth players when they uh, are worth a bit more money. I think a couple, just a couple of um, things from the transfer that disappointed me. I, I was disappointed to see Zay Carlos leave. I thought he would have had a, a spot in that first team. Um, and the one thing I did, I, I think they need to sort out, it's obviously worth noting that we're recording to the end of the July, so plenty of time in the transfer window left open. But I, I would have liked to have seen them address the centre-back position a bit more than they have done. I mean, you know, Nikate comes in, a promising young player, but a young player. Um, for a team that played three at the back last season, they've only got four centre-backs on the books. They've got Paolo Oliveira, Vitor Tomena, Bruno Rodriguez and Sico Nikate. Now, Nikate and Tomena are young players and Paolo Oliveira and Tomena are not exactly the best centre-backs in the league, in my opinion. So, I think that would have been a good place to address in terms of signings. And of course, the biggest news for Braga, this transfer window is a player who who hasn't moved and that's Ricardo Horta, who's still on the books currently. What do you make of all that business with Benfica? Because there was a lot of noise about him going to Benfica at the beginning of the window. That has now all died down. We're not really hearing those links anymore, but I would not be surprised at all if they came back at, at the end of the window when Benfica think Braga might be more prepared to do some kind of deal. Yeah, such. A, I, I mean, the move made a lot of sense. I think um, Ricardo Horta himself was um, a Benfica fan when he was younger. So, and I liked it as well on paper. I feel it was a good move for the player. 
And obviously Benfica would have been, uh, sorry, Braga would have been rewarded with a, a sub, another substantial transfer fee. But uh, yeah, it has quite out. If they can keep him, amazing, man, because he was such a key player. But then you were talking there about the the system that they played last year and, and the, the players they've got to play that same system. I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a um, a slight shift. And, you know, I, the, the striking options have got me excited again. You know, Simon Banza, Alvarez, Mario Gonzalez is back from loan. He's he's had, had been playing a fair bit in pre-season. You know, he, he's he got something more to offer, I feel. And, and of, of course, um, Vettina, the young striker who had a real breakout season last year, there's... You know, and when you think about those four strikers, you know how they'd fit in the in the system. It makes sense to go with you know at least two of them up top. So you know it'll be interesting to see what Arthur goes with. And the thing is with Braga last season now, but you know I've just talked about the strikers they got in the books. They need to improve in terms of their goals, and a lot of the goals came from Ricardo Horta, who've just been talking about, and mid other players in that midfield. They were actually fifth in the league for shots per game last season, and actually only just had one more shot per game than Aruk and Vizela, which you know that there's there's something a bit missing here. So, and when you look at the goals scored, Porto eighty six, Benfica seventy eight, Sporting seventy three, and then there's a huge drop off with Braga of just fifty two, and I think and Vitoria just behind them of fifty. So, you know, twenty goals off Sporting in third place, and and then just two above the rest. I think they would like to see that gap close, and I'm um, I'm hoping that the, the striking options they've got now will allow them to do that. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if they had four strikers into this transfer window. I, I can't see all four of them getting minutes and being happy. Perhaps Mario Gonzalez will be the one who is uh, sacrificed out of those players. But yeah, you raise a very, very interesting point. And I was just thinking, you know, another key player that stayed and hasn't left so far is, of course, Ali Al-Mizrati, another player that we thought might leave last summer. And that happened. So, you know, it's still worth noting that there is high quality still on the books at that club. Plenty of good players. I think that brings us nicely on to talking about where, how you think they'll do this season. I think the last couple of seasons we've spoken about them potentially making a top three challenge, maybe at the expense of a, a weaker Benfica. But I think this season, they're probably the furthest away from being able to do that than they have been for the last few seasons. I think we have been quite positive about the squad there, but I don't. I also think, you know, they did so well last season because they had such a good manager in place to, to handle this transitional period. And they're still on that transitional period, I would say, you know, these yes, the youngsters will be more experienced. They'll be improving, but it's still a, a an interesting time. And and you know, uh, hearing you talk about the defensive options, there actually starting to make me a bit doubtful. You know, and and I think there is a, still a substantial gap between Braga and the rest. But it's just whether how how big that gap will be. I think, and I think you're right. They're 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 not going to get near that the top three this year. It will just be. The question of them, yeah, sustaining that fourth spot and, and hopefully comfortably. I would, I would put my house on Braga finishing fourth this season, Barney. Honestly, <laughs> I just think, I just think it's nailed on. Um, well, let's let's talk about Gil Vicente. They obviously finished last season fifth. They were everyone's favourite team. You know, um, they did so well. The biggest surprise. So many great players. And as predicted, it has been a pretty ruthless summer for Gil Vicente. It's been a summer of big changes. Lots of players leaving. Of course, Ricardo Suarez left as manager and was replaced by Ivo Vieira. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but Ivo Vieira was my first choice to replace Ricardo Suarez. So I'm, I'm pleased to see that happen. But in terms of players, he also lost Samuel Lino. Obviously, that deal to Atletico Madrid was... I wasn't sure whether it was actually confirmed or, or not lost, lost in the January transfer window, but it was confirmed in the summer. Pedrinho moved to Turkey. 
Now we knew he was going to be a desirable player. And of course, they lost the likes of Zay Carlos and Antoine Luti. So it has been um, a summer of big changes. The positives for me, Barney, Ivo Vieira coming in as manager, somebody I liked when he took over Family Cow. I think also uh, keeping the likes of Fran Navarro and signing Fujimoto on a permanent deal are very good, positive steps. And I think they've done good incomes in the transfer market as well, you know, signing Ali Pua from Maritimo. I think he's a good strike and I think that could be a very smart move. I love the fact that they've signed Kritschuk on a free transfer from uh, from Zenit. If anybody knows the story of that transfer, basically last time Gilles Vicente signed him uh, as a free agent from, from BSAD and then um, sold him for two million to Zenit a few weeks later. So it was incredible business uh, from them. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a summer that we expected, but I think they've done a good job of holding their own this summer in terms of who they've brought in to replace who's gone out. Yeah, and I'd include a couple of others there. Um, Baselli, who they signed from Tondea, uh, the young Uruguayan striker who got a couple of big goals for Tondea in the, towards the end of the season. Seemed to be scoring every time he got on the pitch and yet still didn't get a run of game. So it'll be interesting to see if, what he can do again in this league, given, a, given more minutes. Kevin uh, Velodres as well, a, a Spanish winger from Malaga. A real standout in the, in the Liga 2 in Spain last season. Um, and I read a good article on him about the attributes he had and the, what they were describing. It did seem quite similar to Samuelino, you know, hardworking, skillful, perhaps um, Rodgers is more technically astute and doesn't have as good a finishing as Lino. But, um, but and also big money around that move as well. There's a there's a substantial loan fee and a, a quite a high um, purchase option as well. So I'm excited to see what he's going to offer. And finally, um, Lucas Barros, a young left-back from Brazil. I think with... Um, with the experience, Tolosha, who who played left back for them last season, he's he's moved to friends. Barros looks like he might add a nice bit of dynamism to that left hand side because uh, you know he looks like a nice dribbler, bit of power, bit of pace, and I think that will that will improve them because you know I always felt like it was the right hand side with Z Carlos that was sort of the the threat from defence last year. So with Barros coming, in, that could be good. Casting my mind back to last year when we were talking about Pastor de Ferreira having just got into the European spots and how their team was decimated. Beginning of this transfer window, I was feeling similar things to Joel Vicente. It looked like they were going to get decimated. But uh, the, the signings look quite smart. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what they can offer. I'm definitely feeling better about Joel Vicente than I did about Pastor Ferreira last season. So I think it is a, a different situation. You're right. I mean, the the... the the signing of Kevin Velodres is exciting. The fees involved are, are very surprising. It's a 500k loan fee with a 1.2 million euro option to sign. Yeah. So this is a deal that could total 1.7 million. You know, that's I think I'm sure that would be a record transfer fee for Gilles Vincent. And this is really kind of big money that we're talking about. So, you know, they are backing uh, their manager. They're reinvesting the funds that they've earned from the sales of those players. So, there is reason to be optimistic. That said, in terms of what they can hope for next season, the first thing is that survival has to be the first objective. Hopefully they will achieve that comfortably and then can look further up the table. But I think there's there's reason to be optimistic. And if I was Zulvacent, I would be looking at the top eight and I would be saying there's a place in there for us if we can get it. Now, we're going to come on to talk about it when we discuss the league as a whole. I think that mid-table is going to be very congested this season. I think there's a lot of teams hovering around a similar standard. But if they can just set themselves apart from the pack, I reckon there's a, a seventh or eighth spot up for grabs for a team like Gilberson. Getting through to the, to the group stages of the Europa Conference League, mm. 
will really define their season. And, and uh, you know, that of course, that means strength and depth. I, I mean, we have talked about signing, you know, I wanted to include um, Arugia, they just signed on loan from Benfica, the young mm. centre-back. You know, they are trying to build that depth, but then also you don't want to, uh, for a team the size of your percent, they can't afford to, to bank on getting through to the conference league and having spent all this cash. So it's, it's a real tight balance. And yeah, it will be interesting to see. But yeah, like, I think, like you said, the, the overall feeling is quietly confident with these guys. And and, and, and Ivor Vieira, you, you're absolutely right. I think that was a, a really smart replacement. They did it quick. I think he suits the style that they were playing last season, perhaps can offer a little bit more. So yeah, yeah. No, I'm happy with your sense of pre-season and I'm excited to see him play. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about Vittoria Barney, the only team we've watched play so far this season uh, in their first leg of the Europa Conference League. Now, the the story of of Victoria's season so far is the exodus of players. I think you can fairly describe it as there's been a fire sale of players, uh, and I do fear that the squad is weaker than it was last season. And of course, not just players, but manager Pepper leaving was a big shock, allegedly after disagreements with the loaners over lack of signings. Let's just try and describe what's gone on this summer. So in terms of outgoings, they lost Oscar Stupin on a free transfer. He was at the end of his contract, so that was always going to happen. Ricardo Koreshma rescinded his contract uh, out of mutual agreement. That was because they couldn't afford to pay his wages anymore. They then sold Rashinia, their captain, who, bear in mind, last season was giving interviews saying he wanted to be at Victoria when they won their first league title. So, you know, he was perfectly committed to the club and I don't think he exactly asked for a move. Uh, Bruno Duarte, the striker, left to go off to the Middle East. Fale Sacco has gone on another loan to Montpellier. Rafa Suarez was sold to Pauk, the left-back. Berevkovic has gone on loan to Hadjik Split. So these are players who made a lot of first-team appearances last season, multiple players who's gone, who've been sold. Um, and let's not forget that Edwards was sold in, in January last year. So that was also a recent, a recent sale. They seem to be very, very keen to get rid of players. And, and the owner's been quite open about the finances at that club. So reason to be a little bit worried, I think, after the way they've conducted their transfers. Yeah, and I was, you know, the big one was the Rashina's fear. It just felt quite small. I, I mm. don't know what his, off the top of my head, what his contract situation was, but it just, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I sort of understand what Pepper's reasonings for for leaving. But then, like you've just said here, that we have watched them. And mm. that game against um, Puskas Academy in, in the conference league qualifier <laughs> fantastic you know and, and there, there were a couple of new signings there um anderson silver the striker jota silver looked great agawa the the left back who they signed from the the j league you know that they, they they looked all right and, and i actually came away from that game feeling feeling positive you know and and you know that a villain waiver and andre silver also come in as well i think that that's good smart business and then you look at the rest of the squad thomas handel ruben Ramirez, maga the right back looks like he could have a good season you know suddenly i, I i'm a, i am a little positive and, and and you know what albert the main thing is i think I, it was there was a player unveiling a couple of weeks ago and and the turnout for the, from the fans you know despite what you said with all this troubled financial situation there is a, a a strong fan base there. There is a, I felt a shift in attitude and a, and a shift in atmosphere. Really, it seems like a, almost like a, a fresh start. And I think Victoria need that in a in a way. And this conference league game just yeah really uh, showed me that there, there's something. There is a little positive signs there. 
Yeah, it was it was it was funny, wasn't it? Because as you say, they they were excellent. And I think a number of their new signings did well. Let's run through some of those new signings and the ones you mentioned, Andre Silva from Aruka, the striker, signed for one million euros. Anderson Silva, the former family cow striker, came for free. Uh, I guess his contract in China was up, or maybe they agreed a free transfer. Mikel Villanueva was a free transfer from Santa Clara. He's done well at centre-back for them. Jota Silva, the big signing, really. Again, I forgot that he was a free transfer, but he was at the end of his contract with Kazapia, so that was smart business. And then they've got, of course, loans for the Japanese left-back, Ogawa and uh, Antonin from Granada. So the interesting thing, Brian, is that when I went on transfer market to look at their transfers, so I, I don't know if these fees are exact, but it gives you an idea of what their transfer policy is. This summer, they've made 9 million euros in sales and only spent 1.5 million euros. But despite that, they've brought in the same number of players that they've let go. So their transfer strategy here is clear. But look, like you said, watching that squad play, I felt I felt good. I thought they were good players. I thought Ruben Lameras, who got a goal in that game, um, looks ready to have uh, an important season. You know, he was a bit part player last year and didn't convince when he came in, but he looks like he's got his his head on on right this season. Is ready to make an impact. Jota Silva, excellent. I thought Andre Silva, who started up front, was great. But the players who were already on the books that did well, Thiago Silva, the midfielder, I think is going to be really key. And Alpha Semedo even had a good game. So I think they've shown that they still have got quality in this squad enough to compete. That said, I think. With one or two injuries, they will start to struggle. The depth is not quite there. And I think defensively, they do still have issues. So I hope they get off to a good start this season. If they can keep everybody fit, they've got a good chance of competing. Um, I think once the competitions stack up and if injuries start coming in, then we could start to see weaknesses. I still think the defence is weak. Um, I think Brevkovic was their best centre-back and they let him go. Um, but... Villanueva was a good signing. So, you know, there's positives and negatives. I don't think this is going to be a perfect season for them, but I think what they showed was that this is not going to be perhaps a disastrous season that some people predicted. I know that there were some people online predicting on relegation battles for Vittoria. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite that bad. I think they will comfortably finish in the top eight. And I think sixth, again, is a realistic aim for them compared to what they uh, achieved last season. The thing for me, Albert, is I mean, there's a lot of young players there. Uh, some given their chance by Pepper, and some are already there. Andre Almeida, in particular, who's, who's currently still there. We'll see if he's mm. ends up at Porto by the end of this transfer window. But you know, and I mentioned Maga, the right back. There's Amara in defence. There's there's plenty of players there, exciting players who, um, if they all pull together, because there was also another bit of that, wasn't there? I felt like there was times where this squad last year just didn't feel like they were really into it. You know what I mean? And, and I think. If if they can all be on the same song sheet and yeah, just pull together, that there's a there's a decent team in there. Definitely. Well, let's talk about Santa Clara Barley. They finished in seventh last season. We were quite positive about them at the end of last season. In terms of transfers, I think it's been quite quiet. Um, a couple of statement departures, of course, Marita that we touched on earlier, and of course Lincoln moving to Fenerbahce for four million euros. He joins up with George Jesus um, and Villanueva that we just said. I think that's. Uh, a, a departure not to be underestimated. I know he was a free agent. He was at the end of his contract, but he was a key player in that defence. So three key departures. They've signed a bunch of free agents to come in and replace them. Um, interestingly, I was kind of used to their transfer policy being, you know, signing players from all these far-flung places that we'd never heard of. But it seems like they've made quite a few domestic signings this season. So pretty quiet summer. Same manager in place. You know, a, a lot of the core group of players are still there despite those departures. Um, 
I did end the season quite optimistic about Santa Clara, but just those two key players going, Marita and Lincoln, uh, makes me slightly less optimistic. I wonder how you feel about them. Talking about Mario Silva, the manager there, what we saw since he arrived last year was that he, he studied the ship there. He made them defensively stronger, which was a, a real problem before he arrived. And despite the, the departure of Villanova, you know, Kennedy Boateng looks like an excellent defender. They've signed Quintilla, a left-back from Villarreal, who's certainly an improvement on a Mansoura left-back. So I think there's going to be enough for them defensively to, to to keep that foundation. And like you say, it's just whether they can build from there. Lincoln's going to be a huge loss creatively, like an absolutely huge loss. But then I was looking at the rest of the squad, you know, I bet like Alana who uh, was, was out with a, a big injury last year. He looked fantastic when he first arrived, you know, a good, good winger. And of course, Tagore as well was sort of to, starting to get into form. Uh, the Japanese striker having, who they signed in January, you know, that, that he's still there. And the other players like Riccardino, there's, it's hard to lose big players. And, and that's the danger, isn't it, Albert? I think we can be as positive as, as we like, but to lose... Basically, the spine of the team, wasn't it? You know, Villanueva, Marita and Lincoln, right through up in the middle. To, leave, to lose all three of them, it, it could be disastrous, but, but we'll have to see. We will have to see. I think it's hard to predict at this moment in time, but um, I did like the manager last season, so I'm hoping for a positive season for Santa Clara. Uh, and Family Calbani, who finished just below them, their transfer window has been quite interesting. I think some key players have left, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how they do. Charles Pickle, of course, I think is the biggest departure in terms of finances. He went to Cremonese in Italy for about €4 million, Euros, so not a transfer fee to be sniffed at. They lost to Shera on a free transfer to Qatar. I was disappointed about that because he obviously only signed a short-term deal in January, but I thought he did very well and, and he looked happy there. So I hoped that he would stay. Patrick Williams gone to Rio Ave. Uh, Calvin Verdonk's gone back to the Netherlands. I don't think he was ever a big success, obviously. Simon Banza, we know, was never likely to come back after his loan. He was probably going to go to a bigger club. And the left-back, Adrian Marin, who I think a few fans were disappointed, didn't sign on permanently after his loan. I think the suggestion was that the club didn't take up the option that they had, which I believe was only about €1 million, Euros, or if that. So that seems interesting. Their incomings have been kind of what we expect from them. A lot of free agents who we've never heard of uh, a lot came from Spain, from Portugal. A few came from abroad. And the one interesting signing for me, Barney, is the English left-back, Owen Beck, who joined on loan from Liverpool. So an interesting summer so far. Family Cal for me, are always just a team where I never know really what to expect from them. I never know what ones of their players are going to do well. I never know what of their new signings are going to do well. So it's quite hard for me to predict their season, really. But um, I don't think there's any real reason to be worried about them but not much reason to be too excited either compared to Famicar's usual activity in the transfer market which is seems to be get a load of players in and hope a few of them come off you know Rui Front from Estoril the striker it doesn't it's not it's not really exciting or mysterious you know what I mean it's, it's a bit bland I know they've they've seemed to so far apart from Charles Pickle kept some decent players Ivan Jamie in particular Ivor Rodriguez Asun Cow as well who's still there having had that sort of failed loan spell kind of task, right? and you know what Albert I think the other the, the other main thing which is different for Family Cow is the manager Rui Pedro Silva because he's, he's still there he's had a it looks like he's going to have a whole transfer window to, to get his team together and the thing that's interested me Albert in him is that since he took over 
midway midway through last season. Compared to all the other managers in the league outside the big three, he he was getting the highest points per match. And I think that sort of went a little under the radar for me. You know, his the effect he had since coming in to Flamengo. So I'm sort of feeling there's a bit more cohesiveness to to Family Cow's business this this window and and sort of off the back of Rui Pedro Silva, you know, there's a I feel like there'll be a solid team there, which and and not as not as turbulent a team, if you see what I mean. You know, there's always a high player turnover. There's always players dipping in and out of the team, but I'm hoping um he'll, he'll sort of they'll come in and have a more of an identity, I guess. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think that's interesting because obviously, you know, their summer last year was quite turbulent. They had Evo Vieira only for a short time before the season ended, and as you say, a lot of high squad turnover. So we'll see what happens. I'm just being, I'm sitting on the fence with Family Cow after last year's predictions where I put them in the uh, <laughs> European spots. I'm sitting firmly uh, on the fence. Um, let's talk about Esther or Pride and Barney. Uh, a good season for them last year for a newly promoted team to finish in the top 10. Great success. Um, no headline departures. Of course, the big departure we were expecting was Andre Franco, who at the time of recording this on the 28th of July is still an Estoril player. Let's see what happens at the end of the seat, at the end of the transfer window. But there doesn't seem to be that many rumours about where he's going to go, although he does seem to have Turkey written all over him. Um, but in terms of incomings, I think their signings have been very, very interesting. There doesn't seem to be any secret about what Estoril's transfer policy here is. They've signed nine new players this season, eight of which are under the age of 23, and the ninth is only 26. So they're clearly, clearly going for youth. Nelson Verissimo obviously using his contacts at Benfica well because they've signed Thiago Gouveia, Pedro Alvaro, and Thiago Araujo, all from Benfica. They also signed Gonzalo Estevez from Sporting. So a real, real drive to bring in young players this season and it's it's probably a, a smart tactic certainly certainly I think um throw into the mix there um Tito Ann Thomas a young centre mid from Lyon and Rodrigo Martins a young winger from uh Mafra in the second division you know it is smart and and do you know what there's something we should I feel like we should stay here on the league as a whole is that um in the next couple of years the the rules on uh the amount of players clubs can have out on loan means that the big three are Trying to shift younger players, um, you know these these loans that we're seeing are coming into Estoril. They, they they could well turn into permanence, you know, when if 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 um, the big clubs decide that you know they need to trim trim the squad size. So that these are really interesting signs. And you're right there about Nelson Brissimo. It's such an exciting appointment, isn't it? And it makes sense for Estoril because that you know they, I feel like they've always had exciting young players. I'm I'm quietly really excited about Estoril, but I've got to say. You know, you said there wasn't many departures. I think Ferezi at the back is was a, was a big one for me. He's, he's he's returned to Man City and will probably play elsewhere. And and at, at, at one point at the beginning of the transfer window, they had just sixteen players on the books. But you, you're absolutely right. They've backed Verismo. They've let him sign some exciting young players. And and there's a there's a there's a decent team there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pleased to hear that you're excited about them. It makes me feel a bit more excited about them. Um, as well, but for me, I still would say that similar to what Sevilla was saying, their first, their first objective has to be survival. Like I said at the end of last season, it's so easy to forget that they're a newly promoted team, although we know that they have Premier League pedigree. But I think if they can achieve something similar to what they did this season with a top ten finish, that would be great. But as you just described, they've got a good young manager, they've got a good set of young players. So, you know, who knows what can happen come the end of the season. Well, let's do Maritimo Barney, one of my favourite teams from last season. 
uh, in no small part down to manager Vasco Siabra, who I'm pleased is still there. I think this is the first time in a few seasons that Vasco Siabra started the season at the same club that he finished it with. Um, been a very, very quiet window for them in terms of transfers. I mean, they signed a few players on loan. Uh, they signed Gustav Tremel from Victoria, the goalkeeper, which is quite e- interesting. They signed a couple of other players from within the league. Uh, they signed a defensive midfielder on loan from Benfica. They've not really lost that many players either. either. I think the, the one departure that um, stood out to me was losing Rafik Gaitan, who has gone back to Rems after his, his loan from France. So, um, very little to report from Maritimo. Um, everyone knows what a fan I am of Soyabra, so I hope he can do good things. Um, I think when he joined, we both had these quite optimistic hopes for him building something quite exciting for Maritimo. So I'm not sure that's going to happen this season, just given that it's been pretty unremarkable in terms of transfer activity. But it's a good little squad. It's a good manager. Um, I think it should be an enjoyable season for Maritimo fans, if probably slightly unremarkable I am surprised at the, the lack of activity in the market I mean I remember when the, the new president Rui Fontes got elected back it was back in October was it and the excitement around that and I remember that quote that stood in my mind he said they want to be in the European spots within the next four years I saw a little interview with Siabra and it, and he was sort of when questioned about the lack of activity he sort of he stressed that they were not going to make signings for the sake of making signings and I think in this league, we see that a lot, you know, players moving on loan or being picked up at the end of their contracts, but then it never working out. And it it seems like Siabra has got a solid idea of the type of player he wants to bring in. I think that is a positive sign. That being said, you know, at some point they are going to have to make some signs and perhaps at that point they, 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 they have, can't be so picky, if you see what I mean. But yeah, no, I, I, I like Siabra a lot. I think the, the thing he did last year was, the defence, he improved that defence so much. You think of the players there, Zinedine, Mateus Costa, Vita Costa and Leo Andrade. You know, that's a really good foundation. And Joel Tegu, if he keeps away, if he stops being injured, you know, I think he got nine goals last season. I think he would have got at least another five if he had been playing all season, you know. And I remember there has been a, a slight, a few rumours about Rodrigo Pino perhaps being loaned back. Um, and Viesco Sierra hasn't ruled that out as well. But I think... Do you know what? Joel Tagu on, on his day is, is far better than Rod, Rod, Rodrigo Pino was, in my opinion. So I think they've got a great striker there who, yeah, if he stays fit, he'll get goals. Yeah, I think Tago is the player to watch, isn't he, really? I mean, if he stays fit for the whole season and has a consistent season, you know, we saw players like Oscar Estupinian and um, uh, Simon Banzer getting 14 and 15 goals last season. I think he could easily get those numbers and well, as well. And then we're talking about him as a player who's potentially yeah. got a big move in him. So he definitely uh, is one of the players to watch. Um, let's move on to talk about Passos Barney. Now, Passos have had quite an interesting summer. They've signed quite a few interesting players, or at least Jordan Holsgrove, who came in from Celta Vigo, a Scottish midfielder who I was impressed, gave his welcome interview in very good Spanish. Uh, I'm sure he can get his Portuguese up to the same level uh, very quickly. They signed Nigel Thomas, a Dutch winner from PSV. They signed Artur Salas, a 20-year-old Brazilian striker on loan from Belgian club. And of course, finally, they brought in Thiago Ilori from Sporting. Now, I think if you're bringing a Sporting centre-back in on loan, who we know is open to a uh, Premier League loan move, Thiago Ilori is not the one that I would have gone for. I possibly would have gone for a Cardiac Eduardo Correjima. But... You know, they've they've made signings. Um, the thing that stood out for me about Passos Bayern was losing not just Marrakesh, who was 
a really good centre-back and who often made it into my team of the week and conversations about, you know, team of the season when we were looking at players outside the big three and experienced centre-back Marco Braschino. So they've left the hole at centre-back. They've lost, of course, Eustachio and Nuno Santos from midfield. So there are losses in that team, but uh, they brought in some decent players as well. Defence was one of Patrick the Ferrer's biggest, biggest successes last season. And with um, I think BSAB were the only team in the league to score fewer goals than Patrick the Ferrer last season. So, you know, that defence is what got them to 10th in the league. And you mentioned Maracas Bergino, Andre Ferrer, the goalkeeper, it's going to be a huge loss as well, his, his move to um, Spain. But the attacking signings have filled me with a lot of excitement. You know, you mentioned Nigel Thomas there. He looks like, and I think they do need quality on the wing. Arthur Sells as well is a really interesting one. So they, the interesting thing about Pastor de Freire now is that they've got this newly formed connection with the City Group. Um, you know, part of Manchester City and the City Group have built connections with clubs all across Europe and the world. And so this this move has come because Arthur Sells was playing for Lommel, a Belgian team that the City Group have do business with in the second tier. And I've got to be honest here, Albert, I, I, I am a, with the listeners because I am a massive sucker for... If there's a player I haven't heard of before, I'll go straight on YouTube and I'll watch um, Goals and Skills 2021 and instantly think they're the best player. And, you know, I've, I've fallen foul of that a few times uh, preparing for this podcast. But I'll tell you what, with Arthur Sales, Albert, when I watched his video, not only did he look great, but it felt right for Passer de Freire because I feel like they've been missing that sort of player. Like, he can play through the middle, he can play out wide. He looked very skillful, great finishing, um, good pace. And I... And, you know, thinking about the the attacking options passes the Ferreira had, the you know it feels like Lufa Singh was the last player like that. Do you know what I mean? Who who really felt he could do something and really affect a game and and, and get 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 results by himself. So yeah, Arthur Selves, I, I I'm really excited by. I hope they can keep Matt Troy Jao. I think uh, there's been a couple of rumours come up uh, from France about uh, trying to purchase him. And I, and I don't think he was given nearly enough minutes last season. But what I liked was when he was given an opportunity playing as a 10 rather than out on the wing. I think, I wonder if we will see more of that. Because you mentioned Nuno Santos there. I think that's a huge loss from their midfield and they need someone in there to to be that creativity. So I, I wonder if we'll see him. So, yeah, I think it'll be a, t- it's a, it's going to be a tough season for passers for, I think, but what we'll see is a shift from them being defensively sound to perhaps being more exciting going forward. You know, I think I'm going to make this point now about a lot of teams in this league, because it, it seems apt. I think, you know, listeners will have noticed me saying the same thing about a lot of these teams. And we're about to come on to talk about Bovista. And I think they're also a team that this applies to. There are a lot of teams in this league in this mid-table section who have not quite improved on last season and they've not quite progressed from last season. There's a lot of clubs building up in this mid-table section who are, are, are kind of on the same level. And I think we can look all the way from Gilles Vicente in fifth place down to Boa Vista, who I think those teams apply to. So, and, you know, this is a, a part of a bigger conversation about the way that money trickles down from the top in Portuguese football and about how these clubs have access to funds, etc. But, you know, the, this league is starting to get quite congested um, and it's it's starting to get harder and harder to uh, predict who is going to be the team to rise out from the pack. Now, Passos, for me, have an opportunity. They made interesting signings, but... There's not really anything about that squad that stands out to me above the likes of 
Maritimo, Estoril, Family Cal, Santa Clara, all those clubs that we've just talked about. And obviously it's difficult for these clubs to bring in um, standout players. But that said, the one positive from last season that they've continued on to this season is the manager Cesar Pichotti, who I thought did quite an underrated job towards the end of last season. As you say, um, they had a very good defence and I think that was down to him. The lack of goals was an issue, but um, the points that they picked up, important points when they start, he started off in quite a difficult position, I think was something not to be underrated. So with him still at the helm, I think, you know, there'll be a very solid club. I think survival should be quite easy, but yeah, it remains to be seen whether they can achieve anything higher than that. I just mentioned Boa Vista Bali, so let's move on to them. A couple of big outgoings, the obvious one, Peter Musa to Benfica that we discussed for 6 million euros, and Jackson Perosa, who went to Troyes in France for 2 million euros, the centre-back. So, you know, some money came into the club over the summer, loads of incomings, <laughs> quite a long list of signings. Uh, as always with, with Boa Vista, it seems they've signed players from all over the place. Uh, free agents, loans. I think there was about 10 new players, but you've got a better eye for, for spotting who's going to be the, the needles in the haystack, perhaps. Uh, which of those incomings have caught your eye? The Japanese attacking midfielder who, who, who can also play on the wing. Bonnie, can I stop you there? He yeah. was the first one on the list that I knew you were going to pick. They signed a <laughs> Japanese attacking midfielder from the second division in Japan, and I thought yeah. Barney's going to be all over this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think he's done quite well in pre-season for what I've seen. Is I mean, he's definitely got a couple of goals. But Masaki Watai, I think, yeah, I, I've I wrote down that he looks like he might fill the hole that Gustavo Sauer left, which is, which is quite a big hole to, to fill. So it'll be interesting what he can do. Um, Robert uh, Bozenik as well, the big Slovakian on loan from Feyenoord. <laughs> Um, New Spora. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could be. But, um, and then uh, Robson Royce, uh, a sort of young centre-back that's on loan from Santos, uh, he could be. Because that defence needed refreshing. And they've also signed a Sasso, an experienced French guy, to go in at the back. Interesting signing that, but, you know, it, it, it sort of makes sense. Um, Salvador Agron free as well. It, it just, you know, it seems sensible. And I think that's been the difference. It, it, it's... Uh, you know, Boa Vista went through such a weird time under uh, that new ownership, where like you just didn't know what what was going on. But you know, these these signings look interesting to me. And then you throw in the mix the the the, the remaining players. Hamash is still there currently. Makuta, who was fantastic in midfield, really sort of came out of nowhere. And of course, Targa Marai, the young eighteen-year-old striker, who's, who's literally just turned eighteen. I hope we can see more of him because he looks like he's got a lot of potential. So. Yeah, interesting uh, Interesting moves from Bovis in the market, I think. Yeah, no, I think the squad's good. I think the squad's good and there are good players there that you just pointed out. Interestingly, I had Salvador Aka down as, as the person I thought they'd brought in to replace Gustavo Sauer, you know, that kind of left-footed right winger. Um, I think, again, yeah, I think that's a, a shrewd move. So, yeah, Bovis, for me, I think Petit was doing good work last season. He's kept a lot of the core of that team. Javi Garcia, of course, retired. Um, not sure how much of a loss he's going to be, but there you go. But yeah, the core of that group is there. Um, a couple of interesting players in. We'll have to see whether any of those strikers can match what Peter Musa achieved last season. But other than that, I'm I'm pretty pretty positive about Boa Vista. You know, uh, I think they they've kept a good group of players together and uh, they've made some good money from transfers. And I'm sure uh, of the many players that they've brought in, I'm sure some of them will will, will do well. I think it is worth pointing out that uh, Peter Musa and Gustavo Sara. Who are both gone now? They they basically scored half of all their goals last season, so that really has to be filled, but in some way by some players. So that that'll be the key for them. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm quite excited about Bovista personally. 
Well, let's let's move on and talk about the rest of the teams in the league. Now, I think we're starting to talk about teams, for me, Barney, who uh, are slightly separated from the rest of the mid-table. And I don't know if you're going to agree with me, but I'm including Porto Menendez in that because I think Porto Menendez had a real bad uh, end to last season. And I think that was the lack of quality catching up with them, to be quite honest. When I look back on that season, I think... They'd flattered to deceive with the likes of Beto in their squad, with the likes of Elton Morte. I thought Shoya Nakajima was a great uh, boost to that team, but all of those players uh, have gone now. They've obviously brought in a couple of players. I like Brian Rochez in from Nacional to get some goals up front. But if I'm being totally honest, my assessment of Porto Menendez is that they were poor at the end of last season and not much has been done to improve the situation. I feel like Nakajima's... I mean, the, the the talk from the club is that they're doing everything they can to try and get him back. Whoever they'll be able to is is, is another question. But he was mm. so key to, to them, and I think you made an excellent point, man, about the the quality catching up with them as as the season progressed. Because you know we shouldn't forget they started the seat last season so well. Uh, you know when they were at their peak, uh, and they you know Paulo Sergio had his strongest team firing on all cylinders. They were one of the most exciting teams in the league. We can't forget that famous winner against Benfica and. The, 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 the signings seem, you know, nothing stands out. It just adds a bit more depth. Uh, Brian Rush looks good, like you said, but we shouldn't forget they've also got Ricardo Matos, who they signed in January, who hasn't had much of a chance as well since he... Uh, but, and then the wing-back position is they signed Mustafa Sek from Spain on the, to go on the left. See Ultra, the young Ivorian, uh, right-back from Vitoria. Just, you know, OK players, but nothing to write home about, if you see what I mean. I, I wrote down Albert. The the thing for me is is the the players still there. And I think you look at Samuel, the goalkeeper, who's is is you know on his days one of the best in the league. It's it's great they've still got him, and a player Albert Felipe Rovas. He's one of my key players to keep an eye on this season. You know, young Portuguese centre back. They played him at left back. They played him at defensive mid. There was a story about um, them turning down a six million euro offer from a, a German club for him during this window. You know he showed great promise, and I think he's a he could prove to be a, a key player for them because as good as as much as I love Rochers and I enjoyed watching at CD National, I don't think it, it's he's good enough to have any. You know he'll get a few goals, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if that's that's is going to keep them up in terms of the, the goal side. I think it's going to be the defense where they had looked really strong in, in the past, but um, yeah, Rovers is the man for me to keep an eye. on. If Rochester gets more than 10 goals this season, Barney, I'll be I'll be very surprised. Let's talk about Vizella, Barney. We were full of praise for them last season. That said, they only just escaped relegation. They were only a couple of places off the relegation spots, but still a great achievement from a club of their size who with the Premier League experience that they that they have and the players that they had. Um, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about transfers, Barney, to be totally honest with you, the players that have come in, the players that have that have gone out. I don't think there's any real big headlines. They signed a young midfielder from Man City, which I think is is quite interesting. So for me, the question with Bizella, we know that they're not going to break the bank for month for big signings. We know that they're not going to be bringing in big names. So it's just about whether they can. Does lightning strike twice? Can they rely on the system that they play? Can they rely on the philosophy of the manager, which we admired so much last season? and was enough to keep them up. Can they rely on that for a second season in a row? Um, I hope they can. Um, it may well be a similar situation to what last season, which, you know, we were very positive about them last season. But I think if we're being honest now, their survival was more a case of 
there being two or three other clubs that were just weaker than they were. Oh, I, d- I don't know if that's harsh, Albert. I, 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 do, I, I thought you, you summed up really well there in the fact that, that you know, because this is, so far, this is the least least changed team in the league. You know, there's been, I mean, Cassiano looked out the door at one point, but he now seems to be say, staying. And I think Chatine, the, the striker known from Braga, who's now moved to, uh, to a club in Switzerland, he was the big departure for me. You know, he 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 got um he was their top goal scorer of eight goals. So they, they, that now just puts pressure on Cassiano to score because, you know, what, they finished sixth in the league for shots per game. You know, this is a this is an attacking team creating lots of chances. I thought they had some great games, and I think like you were saying at the beginning there, man. Like perhaps the their cohesiveness is what's going to be their their strength this season. The fact that they you know not much nothing's changed. They've kept the midfield intact. You know, there's uh, Samuel I liked, Alex Mendes, the American, exciting players in midfield, and yeah, I think I think that I I feel like that that could be their strength. You know, the 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 way that they're they've got to basically be the same as they were last season. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, there was plenty of stuff about them last season that I really liked. So Kiko Bondoza, one of my favorite players of the league last season, he's still there. Samu, he's still there. You know, great players in that team that I thought were very. Um, underrated they're still at that club so I think it will be whatever happens you know we'll enjoy watching them play we know they're going to play great football and we know that we're going to stick to their philosophy like I said so whatever happens to Vizela this season absolutely best of luck to them and and I hope they'll be in the Premier League again come the end of the season and look finally Barney because we're going to talk about the newly promoted teams in a, a special section after this so finally for now let's talk about um, Aruka, they finished in the last safe spot in the league. You know, fair play to them because a lot of people predicted them to go down uh, and they didn't. So fair play to them. An interesting transfer window. We mentioned the sale of Andre Silva for about a million euros. I think that's a very big sale for a club like Aruka. Um, so they did very well to make that happen. I think they lost a couple of players on free transfers. Abdullai Bar. I don't really know how many minutes he played. So I don't think that's too significant. Uh, and they have made quite a few signings in terms of free transfers. A lot of players that I'm not too familiar with, but they haven't been afraid to shop abroad. You know, they've signed players from Spain from uh, South America, from Brazil and from France. So, you know, interesting signings coming in. We have to flag, of course, another English player joining the league, Jerome Apoku, young 23-year-old centre-back, left-footed centre-back, who can play left-back or in central defence. He comes in from Fulham on a free transfer. So, you know, similar to Vizela, we know they're not going to be breaking the bank, signing big players, you know, signing big names. Um, I think the biggest name they brought in was Oriel Busquets, I don't know if he's a relation. <laughs> he's a brother. He's a brother. Okay, well, there you go. So, yeah, he seems like the biggest um, signing. So, you know, again, they did very well to survive last season. And, you know, if they survive again this season, it's going to be very much the same. They're going to be fighting. And I think they're going to be fighting from the start, to be honest. I'm, I'm basically going to regurgitate a, a Twitter thread from a friend of the show, uh, Ferreira Foot, um, at Foot Ferreira on Twitter. He's an excellent follow for anyone who... Um, wants to see is he basically just he knows his stuff when it comes to Portuguese football and he usually knows his stuff about players arriving from all over the world into this league. He's he's, he's a fantastic follow, but he was very positive about Aruka's business this window, and I, I'm I'm inclined to agree with him. He, he, there's there's they've strengthened it. They basically got two in every position now to the type of options. They I feel like they've strengthened in depth. You mentioned the midfield there, and I think you know that. They, they've suddenly become a very young, exciting midfield. Oriel Busquets, you know, 
he came through Barcelona's academy, I think that that doesn't go for nothing. You know that he, he'll have quality there, even if he hasn't managed to make it into the Barcelona's first team. Um, and Vitinho, the twenty-year-old uh, midfielder from current. Corinthians, who was actually at, um, played for Man City's academy when Phil Foden was there. There's a there's a sort of picture of them together when they were about twelve or so. Um, but you know these these are exciting players. It's Monasoro as well for, on loan from Celtic. It feels like they're coming, and of course a Puka as well. Like it feels like players they're, they're getting players who have you know been at big clubs in the past. And, I, and like I was saying about Busquets, that, that you know that doesn't come for nothing. You know there, there's there's talented players there. So yeah, I think that they'll need to replace Andre Silva in, in that front line. But apart from that, I I, I feel like there's a, a real good plan going on at Rook, you know, getting these young players in who have who've shown to have promise in the past. Mm-hmm. 